chapter 4, verse 11. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. No, he doesn't have anything to draw the physical water from the physical well with. That's true. She had the appropriate tools to get that water. He didn't. But he did have what it took to draw water from a much deeper well that she had no idea was about to happen. The soul is a deep, deep well. And very appropriately so, for if the soul is eternal, it must be a really deep well. And as I was looking at this passage, uh, in prayer, it just became very obvious that God said, Brandon, your soul is that deep well. Now, the soul, people have two different ways of living with their soul. Some people are the ones that are dead. They're the empty wells, and they are sucking in everything around them. They need to be filled, so they're sucking in. They're sucking in your energy, your positivity. They're taking love from you. They're using you. Everything in the world is for them to fill their soul with. The death of the spirit needs something, so they need to fill their soul. They are outward in people. Everything, they look on an outward basis, and they look how to draw things into the self. But then there's the person who's been born from above. And because the Holy Spirit's been given to them and their spirit has been arisen, that they are living from the inside out. And they're not sucking in, but they're flowing wells of living water. And it keeps flowing outward. And they are giving and generous and self-serving and sacrificial. That is the soul as a deep well. And Some people are drawing from one end and some from the other. The deep well can either be this big abyss, this big black hole in which things are getting sucked into, or it can be an overflowing spring in which people are getting water from. We find that the woman at the well initially is the first sort. She is a dry well who's looking desperately to fill that well. And we learned as we looked earlier that she has been immoral. She has had five husbands. She's sleeping with someone now who's not her husband. But then again, we watch Jesus interact with her, and you almost get the sense that it's worth asking the question again, is she immoral? Or is she simply unwanted? Is she wicked? I'm going to go find as many men as I can sleep with. Or is she wounded? Is she a sinner? I love sex. Or is she a sufferer? Is she the victim? Or has her well been run dry because of the many greedy men who have deflated her soul? It doesn't matter which the case is. Even if she brought this upon herself, The bottom line is she is wounded and unwanted. And Jesus does not look at her in her immorality, but he looks at her in her woundedness. And this is something we need, we need, we need to grasp about the heart of God. 
is that God weeps not over our wickedness, but he weeps over our woundedness. Sin is ugly to him not because if something I said was bad and you did it and because you did it, it hurt me. That's not what gets God riled up about sin. It's because the sin hurts his children that he gets riled up about it. We must understand he is not an insecure being trying to make us obey so he can look more powerful and feel better about himself. He has given us guidelines because he wants us to have Zoe life. And here Jesus looks at the woman at the well and doesn't see a wicked woman, but he sees the wounded woman, which is why he's able to go deeper with her. And he's able to draw not just the surface water of her well, Oh, are you thirsty? No, he goes deep into her soul. He pinpoints. He gets to the bottom of her well when he says, verse 16, go call your husband. And she realizes as he brings the bucket up from her soul, there's nothing there. I have no husband. And that's the admission we all must come to at some point. You have no husband. It may not be a literal man, but the husband for you is that which you have gone to to fill your dry well. It's what you've been trying to fill it with. Just like we saw last week with the wedding party and and Mary came to Jesus and said, there is no wine. This is the same admission I have no husband. This is the admission that I am a disconnected being. I once, I've been looking for that reconnection with the God of the universe, my soul to have connection with him, and I realize that there's something missing. There's a separation, there's a severance in my life. And so she's been looking for love, but in the wrong places. And it's been wounding her, and it's been hurting her. And she says, I have no husband. She realizes it now as Jesus draws in deeper to her well. My golly, I have no husband. And I think that Jesus is able to look at her and see a wounded woman who is without a husband rather than a sinner who's been sleeping around. He's able to see her as the wounded person because he sees sins as a symptom of the larger condition plaguing humanity. Did you hear that? Sins are the symptom of the condition. And the condition is disconnection with our Heavenly Father. We're not at one with Him. We are separated. We're abandoned. We feel the angst and we're looking for that connection we were meant to have. And so we turn to things. And the things we turn to, the things we do, the sins we commit are revealing that there's a problem deeper than the sin I'm committing. I'm committing the sin because something's wrong in the soul. The well has gone dry. That's why she's sleeping around. So Jesus doesn't make a big deal about stop sleeping around. He sees she's sleeping around because the well is dry. So he goes straight to her soul and says, I know how to fix that. And it would be so beautiful if we could have that heart to look when we see the sin around the world in our own life and the people around us and stop pointing our finger at the surface problem and plunge into the deep well and see what is not there. Where's the husband you don't have that's causing you to be and do what you're being and doing? 
But instead, we want to play the religious game. Who's right and who's wrong? Who's living holy and who's living sinfully? And point the finger at sins. People, sins are just the symptom. You don't treat the symptom. The symptom points to the problem. You treat the problem. And that's what Jesus is trying to do with her. So she is in the emptiness of her well. She's reached for water, all right, but it's stagnant water. It's the water of bios life, biological, just mere surface human living. And so it's, sur- it's shown itself in two forms. Through a loyal lover, that's the water I need. I need a loyal lover. And she's on attempt number six. But then when Jesus reveals to her that that's stagnant water and it's actually making you sick, she realizes, I do need something else. So she turns to religion. She turns to worship. You notice that. When Jesus says, where's your husband? And she says, I have none. Then she immediately goes into this whole, I perceive you're a prophet, which many commentators say she's changing the subject. Don't talk about the deep problems of my life. Let's talk about heady theology stuff. Which, by the way, we often do. It's so much easier to talk about what is true rather than to be true. Which I think is what Jesus means later when he says, you must worship the Father in spirit and truth. Stop talking about the truth and start living the truth. Start being true with yourselves and with your Father. That's worship. So in other words, the Samaritan woman coming to Jesus as the woman with a bad reputation, that is true. She isn't coming to him like Nicodemus, like, I've got all the answers. I'm the teacher of Israel, and then he really knows nothing. She's coming to him as she is. That is worshiping the Father in truth. So she realizes when he says that, oh my goodness, that hasn't helped me. So she changes the subject. The commentator saying probably to avoid this deeper issue. I think she's realized the deeper issue and is now searching for yet another uh, water to fill her well with. And that, she thinks, is religion, getting religion right, getting the right answers, getting the right, you know, the right worship formula. So she starts to have a dialogue with him. Where is God supposed to be worshipped? And Jesus kindly says, you're missing the point. Worship of God is not about going to the right place or having the right form. It's about worshipping him in spirit and in truth. We talked about truth. The spirit part is your spirit's dead. That's why your well is dry. I want to resurrect it. I want the Holy Spirit of God to be in you. Then you'll be able to worship the Father. But so often we go around and if we've realized that our, quote, husbands, whatever they are for you, if your husband has failed you and you have no husband, then you start turning to, well, you know what? I need answers. And so we go and we buy theological books or we ask pastors complicated questions that really ought not to be answered, such as why or what color is a square? What shape is yellow? What does death smell like? Uh, These are questions C.S. Lewis admitted to asking God when his wife passed. He was asking him things that he was not supposed to answer. People die, C.S. Lewis. That happens. Why and when and how? That's Just move on. And yet we think that that's what's going to fill our well. If If I get the right doctrine, so maybe some of us have jumped from Presbyterian to Baptist to Calvary to Catholicism to Lutheran, which whatever it is, you're on yet your fifth church on this mountain because none of them have done it for you. They've all let you down. That pastor messed me up and this pastor that. Listen, you're on the wrong route. 
right religion is not going to fill your well. But worshiping the Father in spirit and truth. He will fill our well with living water, which is, we learn later, if it's not already implied in this passage, but in chapter 7 we learn, that's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. He comes into us, and from the inside out, there's life. And the well is full, and it's flowing, and it's overflowing, and the waters are living. That is the Zoe life. That is the new creation that Jesus came to earth to bring people into through himself, his death and resurrection. So the spirit of God rebirths our spirit. And then we, as Jesus says in verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Verse 14, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Your well will not run dry. In other words, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to Zoe life. So, this is what we do now. We end by going to John 3.16. Remember, Nicodemus and the woman, as, we show, as I showed you earlier, these passages are meant to be read together. John 3.16 you must believe this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, Zoe life. Believe God loves you and wants you. In all of your woundedness, in all of your suffering, and all of your unwantedness, your disconnected life, your dry well, God wants you. You may have no husband, but the true husband, or the bridegroom, as John the Baptist said later in chapter 3, the bridegroom wants you. You have a husband. John doesn't say whoever believes the right teachings about Jesus, who holds to a certain five-point creed regarding Jesus, he says whoever believes in him. And what are we told to believe about him? That God so loved the world. He so loved the woundedness. He so loved the hurt people. He so loved the Samaritans and those who have dry wells that he sent his son. That's what we're to believe about him. That he wants you. That he loves you. And that he can fill your empty well with living water. That's what we need to believe. And that is what will heal the condition that is bringing the sinful symptoms. Because we have a world of people who truly believe they're unwanted and are desperately searching to be wanted. We have a world of people who are deeply wounded and it's so deep in the well that they just don't, they ignore it. And so they react and do things and say things and are mean we need to believe that Jesus loves you as you are and is calling you to just come to him in spirit and truth. And the empty well will be overflowing with living water, the Zoe life of God.